Hey, Darren, I, I want to take a minute to let our fans know about something really, really exciting. Uh, I've joined forces with. I'm glad you asked because <laughs> I, I got something to share with you. And it's really, really exciting. Okay. Um, on June 4th, the 39th anniversary of the release of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, mm. we're launching a Kickstarter, a Kickstarter for our new documentary, 1982 Greatest Geek Year Ever. Uh, mm. Roger Lay, who did all the uh, Star Trek special features, Star Trek documentaries, and myself are going to be producing a spectacular documentary that will take you inside the greatest movies released in 1982. It's going to be something really special. And, you know, we, 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 um, we put together an amazing team of people and uh, we're reaching out to you, the fans, to help support this. So if you go to Kickstarter, um, you can find out more about the campaign, uh, why uh, we think it's so important and what this is going to be. And, and if, you, uh, if it's interesting to you, if it, it tickles your fancy, um, we hope you'll choose to support us um, and you can uh, there's some great rewards, including I know you're going to be shocked. You can get autographed copies of my book. You may even win a chance to uh, come on this very podcast and watch Darren and I record an episode when we're back in the studio. First and, prize uh, is a non autographed copy of your book. <laughs> those are more, much more rare. Second prize, a set of steak knives. <laughs> That'd be funny. We should have that as a reward where you can win a set of steak knives. Nice. Now, for those of you who are wondering, why was 1982 so incredible? Well, we all know about Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. But let me just give you a, a few of the other movies that came out that year. Blade Runner, Conan, Poltergeist, Halloween 3, The Dark Crystal, Swamp Thing, The Verdict, Tootsie, what, the Citizen Kane of teen exploitation movies, not to be confused with the Citizen Kane of Star Trek episodes, Fast Tom's Richmond High, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Cat People, Creepshow, The Thing, Tron, The Atomic Cafe, it, 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 Dark Crystal. I mean, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary year, and, and we're going to document it like no one has ever done it before with exclusive interviews, clips, behind the scenes, storyboards. Uh, it's going to be amazing. It's, we have really, really exciting plans. And, and obviously, we want to have it come out for the 40th anniversary uh, of these films next, next summer. So uh, please, if, you, if you're interested, check out 1982 Greatest Geek Year Ever on Kickstarter today. That's extraordinary. Sounds like fun. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts, and we're now the hosts of Inglorious Trexperts Briefing Room, curated audio commentaries of significant Star Trek episodes from the original series all the way through Discovery. So if you want to check out exciting, incisive audio commentaries with the writers, producers, stars, and Trexperts, you want to listen to Trexperts Briefing Room wherever you get your podcasts. That's Trexperts briefing room that's a separate feed from inglorious trexperts and you can listen to curated audio commentaries with great commentary of some of your favorite and possibly least favorite star trek episodes of all time you don't want to miss this kids give these episodes another ear if you think you felt a great disturbance in the force you're not wrong ed gross and me mark a altman have a new oral history coming out this july from saint martin's press it's Secrets of the Force, the complete, uncensored, unauthorized oral history of the Star Wars saga. So wherever you buy books, audio and video, 
pick it up today, pre-order, and you can learn the secrets of the Force. And don't miss our oral history of Star Trek in stores now. And of course, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond in digital, hardcover, paperback, and audio. That is all. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. Suppose you had all the space to choose from, and this was only one small sample. Wouldn't you say it was worth a man's soul? Are you ready for something completely different today? This is something you are. A, a little bit out of our out of our wheelhouse. Certainly, our our uh, podcast wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's gonna well, be. I, you know, look. I think it's it's really interesting. What we uh, joining us today on the on the show is a burlesque uh, performer and and the star of um, Absinthe at, at Valleys, um, Hazel Honeysuckle. Yeah. Hazel, ha- not, Hazel, not Valleys ba- at uh, Caesars. At Caesars, okay. Yeah. At Caesars, I stand corrected. Hazel is the um, is is uh, doing a new book called uh, "Boldly Stripped," and it's a a, a, a saucy tribute to uh, classic Star Trek aliens and characters. Um, and she uh, has raised a ton of money through Kickstarter, and will be shooting a, a bunch of stuff: uh, red shirts and Vulcans and Cardassians and Dorians. Oh my! Uh, as part of this this book that she's doing, and of course. Uh, the wonderful thing is she's a genuine Star Trek fan, passionate Star Trek fan, who has a lot of experience doing her own costumes and, and performing and shooting uh, uh, photo shoots. And, and um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And, and this is what we say about you know, it's the same kind of attitude we had with Free Enterprise, where, you know, there's the Trekkies approach to Star Trek, which is like a bunch of weirdos. You yeah, know, get out of your parents' face. That's basement. unfair to say. And 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 then there's a free enterprise, which is you know, which is kind of like, yeah, Star Trek fans are dysfunctional, but they are. Um, but they're real wonderful. people. They're real people. Yeah. And and awesome. And and just have this shared love for creativity. And you should and, have been more for, clear about what your reference to Trekkies was. You mean Trekkies, the documentary. I mean, the documentary. Right. I've always said that about the die. I don't mean Trekkies in general. I yeah, mean, no, that documentary, yeah. which I, you know, I said, you know, it, it felt like a Todd Browning movie to me. Absolutely. So uh, I'm, but I don't mean Trekkies. No. Right. Good. Um, I just wanted to clarify that so that we yeah. you know, stave off the, you know, uh, the hate mail. So, I, you know, look, and, and part of what appealed to Darren and I about this is, is just it's so atypical you know so off the map it's create it's really creative it's it's fun and, but it's also uh, something that the great bird himself gene roddenberry would love what would gene have had to say about this you know the wonderful thing about uh, this whole thing is that uh, the expression of uh, joy and sensuality has always been something completely human and uh, a wonderful expression in in any culture and so 
to explore all these various uh, Trek uh, beings uh, would be a lot of fun. And I, I wish I was there to see it. I think that's exactly true. And I think the other thing that Gene, as we know, um, to promote the show at the very beginning, he did a costume show yeah. at the Worldcon. You know, he brought in a bunch of sex, sexy costumes, hired a bunch of models to wear them. And yeah. later on, there's that great picture of him dressed as a Romulan. Self dressed as a Romulan. He cosplayed his own show, yes. yeah. which I got to hand it to him. I would it's never do that. Unbelievable. So God bless him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it, you know, this really is in the spirit of Gene Roddenberry. And as I mentioned, it's also something that uh, Rod Roddenberry was thinking of doing something similar. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I think I think it's fun. And, and, and you know, and it really, you know, again, uh, Hazel's doing it. She has her own agency. She is, um, you know, really confident, you know, very creative. So it's yep. great. So more power to her. So anyway, we're, we're going to bring on Hazel to talk about her new uh, book uh, that she's funding through Kickstarter. I guess it's already funded, but there's some great stretch goals that she'll talk about. Um, and by the way, if you're on Kickstarter, uh, you should circle around to 1982 Greatest Geek Year Ever, where you can support the uh, exciting new um, 1982 documentary from Roger Lay and myself, um, which is all about the great movies of 1982. So check that out while you're on Kickstarter. Looking we'll at talk more Strip. about that after the interview. Though. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> without any further ado, it's my, uh, my Darren's pleasure to bring on Hazel Honeysuckle. And here we are with uh, Hazel. Hazel, welcome to the Trexperts. Um, Thanks for having me. I... Uh, you got a very interesting Kickstarter you're doing right now. You're raising money to do a project called Boldly Stripped, which is sort of a burlesque tribute to, well, not just the original Star Trek, but to the entire pantheon of Star Trek shows, because you are, are going to be doing uh, homages to red shirts, Vulcans, Cardassians, Andorians. Uh, so uh, tell us what the genesis of this whole thing was for you and and uh you know and why star trek and 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 why now well um the the idea started back during the pandemic when i you know i couldn't be on stage usually i'm performing almost every day and you know i was sitting around thinking about something creative i could do i've always made my own costumes and uh one of the things that you know helped get get us through was was binging on on all the different series um so you know we we redid ds9 and tng um we're on voyager right now but um okay so where's tos what would happen when you, you you neglected one tos is tos is what i watch while i'm sewing oh okay okay I, i'm not sure how I, I should respond to that so i'll just let you go on <laughs> I will admit it was the last one I watched. Oh, I my God. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're going to revoke our invitation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sorry, so you're, 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 you're binge. That's the, you're binging TNG. You're binging uh, 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 Deep Space Nine. You're, you're, you're reluctantly watching Voyager. Um, so I'm putting words <laughs> in your mouth. Um, so tell us. Uh, yeah. So during the pandemic and then you came up with the idea for this 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 book. Yeah, you know, I wanted, you know, I thought I'd maybe I'd do a calendar. That's always a cute thing, but I really wanted to make these costumes like full on, get a body painter, get all the prosthetics done. So 
I thought I really need to raise some money for this so I can do it right. Right. You know, I, I love putting costumes together and I think there's just so many fun things within the, the Trek universe that, right. that you can do. Um, and, I love and you're not just doing the costumes, you're doing some set deck as well. I mean, you did a pretty elaborate uh, uh, thing for, you know, for your video um, where you, you recreated the hallway of the Enterprise. I mean, at first I thought, oh, did they go to Ticonderoga to shoot that? But no, you did that in Vegas where you're based. That was, uh, we bought two pieces of wall board and, and cut out the shape and, and screwed them into uh, the wall in our guest room. And I, I still have them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no finding the right sets is always important and very difficult um but we're we're doing our best and um you know making props and and trying to put in as many fun details as we can because there and is obviously oh sorry the the kickstarter has yeah, but... been the kickstarter has been doing well do you find that the people who are supporting it are big fans of Star Trek or big fans of your burlesque career? Like, what, or is it pretty split down the middle? Or, you know, what? how do you find the the um, the people I, that are supporting? Yeah, I think there's I think there's definitely a skew towards uh, the Trek fans in general um, with a mix of, of burlesque fans as well. But, uh, you know, it definitely. I'm, I'm sure there's there, there's overlap there, certainly. Uh, oh yes, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been doing burlesque for uh, twelve years now, and and back in New York, we used to do a lot of nerd specific burlesque shows, which were always some of my favorite ones. Like what? What sort of ones? Well, uh, I have a I have a an act as an ent as Treebeard, which nice. I do on stilts. Um, <laughs> I've got a Beholder, um, a Shield of the Thief, which is from the D&D animated series. Uh -huh. um, Deep cut. <laughs> I had I have printed out pieces of her character sheet that went along with my costume. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 always fun to put something extra in there besides you know just your you've got a beautiful costume and you're dancing. The the ant dance must be amazingly slow. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to ask you how you first discovered Star Trek. Obviously, you, you know. Obviously, you, you're not someone who's a lot of cashing in on Star Trek to do this project. You're somebody who genuinely loves Star Trek, and you know this came out of your passion for it, which is, I think, what you know got our interest uh, initially. Tell us, you know, how you sort of first came to Star Trek and why you love it so much. Well, I started watching, I started watching around high school. You know, I came to it a little bit later than, than I could have, but what I, what I loved was, and it was TNG that I started watching sure. uh, the first one. Um, you know, and I just, I just loved seeing these people who were, they were, they were grown up and just emotionally evolved. Um, and you had these stories where they were, you know, meeting people and coming across moral problems and taking the time to figure it out. Right. Um, plus it's, you know, the aliens are fun and, and, um, I like sci-fi in general, but, um, what, 
what I think is special about Star Trek is is you you do have um, what do they call it like intersectionality now I think but um, they don't read a lot of theory but you just have these people who are going out into the world and and trying to you know make peace with everybody and and find and just find things out and explore right learn learn about everyone who is out there and yeah. find ways to interact and live peacefully well i mean that's what we've always said you know if people take the wrong lessons from star trek you know they get all hung up on the ships and the space battles and we say you know it really is about boldly going and not just space but it's like traveling seeing the world understanding other cultures that's at the heart of star trek it's not about you know pew pew although that's always fun um so you know it's so interesting because years ago when we were getting ready for the show i, I realized rod roddenberry had come to me and said he wanted to do a calendar of like sexy girls and classics iconic star trek uh um, poses and he never did it but I know it was something he really wanted to do. So when we came across this Kickstarter, I was like, oh, this is exactly the kind of thing that he was he was talking about. And, you know, I love that you kind of have this deep understanding you know, fan fandom for Trek, because there are a couple you have. The, the, the thing that I knew you were for real was when you had the Quatloos reference in the in the in, in the text. And then, you know, the references to Captain's Holiday in the video. And I'm pronouncing it wrong, but Jamaron, which which is just like, oh, you know, you're you're just not using Star Trek. To, you know, you love Star Trek clearly. I do. And and how's your Deep Space Nine binge going? Oh, we we finished that one months ago. It's gone. And, well. and where, where does it rank on your list of Star Trek? Because we now know that TOS is not where it should be on your list. But how, <laughs> tell us the rest of. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't lie to you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's we appreciate um, the authenticity. We just want the truth, and the truth will be set you free. Uh, be, be cleansing <laughs> among us. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, DS9. It's the most. It's the most like epic thing. It's you know, you've got this whole arc about the war and everything. So that one, that one makes for a really great binge because you're like, let's continue that story. Yep. Um, you know, they've got their one-off episodes, but. It's I think it's the best as a binge. Right. What are the biggest challenges for you when you are cosplaying and doing Star Trek? I mean, I imagine like a, the Cardassian is probably a lot harder to, to to bring to fruition than say a Trill, for instance. But like and, and what are your favorite characters to cosplay as? Oh, um, I don't know. I like them all. Um, I mean, the Andorian was super, super fun. Mm -hmm. Um you know, clothing to nude striptease photo series. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with imagining, you know, how the prosthetics go all the way down. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, talking with some some makers who uh, are going to make some cool pieces to add on. Um, the Andorian was my first time getting body painted. Right. Uh, and now I'm hooked. That was just super cool. Um, <laughs> Now, full full disclosure, many years ago, a friend of ours was getting married, and we had a uh, a uh, uh, a bachelor party, and we had the two lovely ladies in to do some entertainment, and we, myself and another fellow, painted them, uh, did body paint for them, and I got to do the trill girl, and yes, the dots go all the way down, 
uh, as you say in your Kickstarter. And it was fascinating because, you know, the, these girls were great. They had great attitudes and they, they had fun. And it was, it was fun to sort of figure this out uh, as we went, you know, uh, but it's, it's tough to do. I mean, especially, you know, if you're, if you're photographing it later, you know, you want to make it the best possible presentation you can. So it's not easy. So I, I applaud you for, uh, for that, because I, I know of whence I speak, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of imagination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to get Michael Westmore on the phone say, you know, with the Cardassians, there's certain things we didn't see or with the trill. Oh, and I, I want to know what you had in mind. If, you know. <laughs> Well, so we want to be authentic. Get him to draw some naked Cardassians. That would just be right. The best. Well, it, it's funny how much imagination it takes to show something that requires no imagination. If you know what I mean, you know, <laughs> when you when you're not leaving anything to the imagination, it takes a lot of imagination to fill in the blanks. First of all, I have to say, Darren, I was surprised that you mentioned Rob Burnett's bachelor party because I didn't know you were going to. That's why I didn't bring well, it up. I didn't mention but... Rob Burnett's bachelor party. Oh. I mentioned a friend of ours, but oh, okay. now well, you I have. So, but I do, I do want to, I do want to ask: When were you surprised at how quickly? Because you hit your goal fairly quickly, and you're into your stretch goals now. Were you surprised at, at how quickly um, you were able to to fund the, the project? Oh, yes. I mean, you know, I had I had teased it a little bit on, you know, my social media, which everyone knows is very hit or miss these days. Sure. Um, but yeah, we, we hit the goal in under eight hours. And um, now we're getting close to 300% of our goal. And um, but you hit- do have a couple stages of stretch goals on there to, you know, increase yes, the value of the we hit our first stretch goal uh, two days ago. Yeah, which um, so then I allowed the backers. I gave the backers a choice of uh, which which alien to add, and right. I'll tell you guys, it was a Klingon. Of course, so predictable. See, I was going to say Horda. <laughs> I, I would like to see a Horda, but uh, that's just me. No, that's the original. It probably means nothing to you. Um, <laughs> Well, one of, you know, one of the choices I had on there was Gorn. I thought that would be really oh, that cool. would be, be cool. pretty cool. But Gotta the question admit. is, do you do the Gorn from Enterprise or from the original show? Because of course, my vote would be for the original show, but nobody's asking me. I do really love the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like oh. diamonds. They shine, yeah. bright, so, shine bright like I already diamond. have the rhinestones for making Gorn eyes. So, nice. but you gotta you gotta leave it. Uh, you know, the possibility of a sequel book. You know, because obviously success of the Star Trek franchise was spinning it off and doing sequels and things. So if you do everything in the first volume, it's not going to leave anything for the next one. You know, unless all of a sudden it's like, you know, Battlestar Galactica, you start doing Space 1999 or something, which I'm sure. That did not last. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. So you were gratified, obviously, by the, the great, great response to to it. Um, wh- how long will this entire process take once the Kickstarter is over? Like what's your, you know, the chronology of events, what will happen and like when will you finally be able to finish the project? Well, we're we're going for a delivery of early January. So, you know, we've got six or seven months to do the rest of the photo shoots, the costumes, all that stuff. And then 
have the book laid out and and printed and, and whatnot. So yeah, January. it's a pretty quick turnaround then in terms of it and is. you have photographer and all, you you have your whole group of of of, of people that are are going to work with you to do that. Um, is it something that you're going to be promoting at the, uh, because obviously Vegas and Star Trek have sort of become, there's like a sort of association now because of the convention. Is that something you're oh. going to be promoting at the Vegas convention? I'm so excited. Um, perhaps. Ah. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> but, um, uh, so that, that, that's, that's a decidedly wait and see kind of answer. It's like, we're not, not yeah. going to give the game away here. Um, what, um, you know, what, what, because we got away from the question and we were sort of talking about, you know, your favorite Star Treks. Can you talk about, you know, you know, sort of what each of the Star Treks sort of your takeaway is, what you love about each of the Star Treks and why it inspired the creativity in you? Because I think that's something that Star Trek has always done, you know, whether somebody is an artist or, uh, you know, a model or become a doctor or an engineer. Um, Star Trek seems to tap into that aspect of their personality. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about, you know, how Star Trek kind of inspired you and, you know, what you love about each of the shows. Well, you know, like, like I said before, I, I love the way that they, you know, approach being a part of the universe. Um, yeah. You know, exploring, meeting cultures, um, I really obviously enjoy the costuming, yeah. um, you know, coming, coming from burlesque where there's a very do it yourself mentality. Um, you see, uh, you know, in, in TOS, there's some costumes where you're like, yeah, I can make that pretty easily. Um, right. and then they get more and more complicated, uh, as the years go on. Um, but I want to ask you about that because <laughs> Obviously, on the original show, all kidding aside about the, you know, William Ware Tice, who did the costumes, you know, he's very famous for, you know, coming up with these what were, you know, very sexy costumes for the 60s and, you know, very cool. And obviously, there have been huge, you know, books that have um, curated and, 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 and museum collections of the, the costumes from the original show. Um, I would think that was an aspect that would have appealed to you specifically. And I, I just, you know, and it seems like also, you know, Bob Blackman's work on the on the later shows um, and how that design aesthetic evolved. You know, what, what are kind of your thoughts about, you know, the 60s versus kind of the, the 90s look of Star Trek and where, it, you know, is now, which is, you know, a lot less. Um, I, 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 I how would I say this, Darren? It's, it's a little less creative, fun now. Less it's fun. Less fun. I, you know, I think as 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 humans us have we've actually developed you know technology and been in space a lot more i think the sci-fi has gotten a little more realistic in its imagination mm. which is you know in one way it's neat because you can maybe relate to it a little more in another way it's like well but where's the tinfoil and sparkle and you know um but you know, also you think about the original series and, you know, people were watching it on these much lower definition televisions. They weren't seeing the details anyway. So like you want something splashy and um, you, know, you didn't have the budgets that you have today and, you know, all kinds of uh, ways to create props and, and costumes technologically that we, we didn't have before. Um, 
so it is fun to see the evolution of of how you can make these these great costumes and props and things for the for the tv is are there any are there any sort of costumes or presentations that you would really like to do but are either scared or uh don't think you can <laughs> well i mean our next stretch goal is uh creating a borg mm. For, mm. um so I've I've kept that one back because I know it will be difficult and expensive, um, and I wouldn't do it unless I could invest in it. Yeah, um, unless you something can do it really correctly. cool. And yeah, you know, and I'm making multiple layers of every costume too. So right, yeah, the the seven veils of Borgs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, where do the implants go? Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you see, um, you know, uh, sort of extending from print, you know, possibly doing it as a live show at some point or, you know, sort of expanding on the, the premise of this, you know, which is so fun. And obviously these kind of sort of genre or geeky or, as you said, nerdy uh, genre homages have become very popular in the last couple of years specifically. And, you know, because it used to be that anything that struck of being more adult or more mature we sort of, oh, it's just sci-fi. But now it seems that those two things live very comfortably together. So I just, um, is it something that you've been thinking about, sort of doing a live show or adapting the book into other formats? Um, well, the, the future of Boldly Stripped is is not quite yet written. Um, I would love to do another book, you know, in future years with other models, you know, not sure. everything be myself. Um <laughs> There was there was some suggestions that we do a whole mirror verse book, which is pretty intriguing. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but no, as far as live shows, that would be amazing. Um, we're planning on having a live launch event here in Vegas, um, hopefully sometime in January once the books get here. So right. we'll have a big party. And uh, so. well, I. I'd, I'd like to say that um, on your Kickstarter, there is a uh, an opportunity to choose one of two different versions of the book, right? Yeah. So that if if someone isn't uh, isn't necessarily comfortable with the nudity, there is a uh, a a safer version of the mm -hmm. book that is still, I'm sure, just as much fun. Uh, yeah. But uh, version. Yeah, for yeah, but for PG thirteen for for those who uh, who prefer something a little more mild. And then, of course, the, you know, the 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 fuller version uh, for those who, who want the uh, the the full treatment. So I, I think there's enough to to sort of please uh, any level of uh, uh, interest. When, when did you first conceive of this? I, I like, you know, was it something you joked about and, said, and then decided to do or it was just, you know, since you had done these sh these shows and saying, oh, you know, let's let's record this for posterity or, you know, how, how did you guys come up with it? it? It was literally, you know, sitting around my house doing nothing for nearly a year. <laughs> and right. uh, I was like, I got to make something, um, you know, and then I and then I was indecisive for a little bit too long. And I'm actually back at work now, um, mm. you know, performing five nights a week at Caesars um, right. in absence. Right. Um, so I'm doing all of this around that. 
um, which is fine, which is fine. But no, I just, I wanted to make something. I, you know, when I lived in New York, I was doing, I was performing something different every day. I was, um, you know, creating new acts all the time. And now that I'm in Vegas doing this show, which is fantastic, I'm not creating as much because I have, you know, one thing that I do there. Um, So, you know, I've been wanting to, to, to make, you know, just make new, make new things. And this felt like something that I just got really excited about once I got the idea. It's like any theater. The thrill is gone after a while. You still enjoy it, but you know, you're, you're doing the same thing night after night after night. And, and, and so you want new creative challenges. It's funny for those who are listening on the audio podcast and not watching this on video um, in your dressing room over there, it looks like you have um, uh, the the red uh, uh, tunic, uh, if I'm not mistaken, hanging on the, on the wall, which uh, (laughs) there it is. Yeah, which I, yeah. you know, again, it seems like there's a lot of original Star Trek stuff in your book <laughs> for someone well, had- who watched it last in her marathon while <laughs> while while sewing. I tell you what, I I I saw Trials and Tribulations before I saw Trouble with Tribbles. Right, that's See, just heartbreaking to me. It's it's such a sad. <laughs> I'm gonna <story>. cry. <laughs> it's a tragedy, if, if you will. <laughs> Um, favorite I, I know we're going to regret asking this but favorite characters tell us some of your favorite characters in Star Trek and Star Trek captains Picard will always be my favorite um, Quark is amazing Quark Noto I don't know I, I love all of the I love pretty much everyone at DS9 Garrick is amazing I, lo- I like watching the characters that are flawed Mm-hmm. as well um you know as picard who is always perfect and like <laughs> the most grown-up person that there has ever been which is inspirational I, you know um, and you relate to garrick because of course he was a tailor and he was always coming up with kind of outfits that you never saw him really making but uh yeah and, and yeah, he you would as a, things at the, at the garments Sure. He would, he would write exactly, <laughs> exactly. But Andy Robinson was just so wonderful in that in that role for sure. Um, and w- do you see like potentially um, like is this something where you want to go to San Diego and go to other you know maybe conventions? Like do you cosplay just for fun as well? The you know in masquerades and stuff, or is this specifically you know something that you do with your friends and obviously in burlesque shows and things? Yeah. Um- well, I, I haven't done a ton of cosplay just just for the fun of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's usually for a performance. Um, but now that I've got all of these costumes, <laughs> there's only there's only a couple venues that you can wear them during the year. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> I'll show you this. This is the one I um, this is the one I just made. I don't know if you recognize it. Darren, is that from the Edo planet? It's um, it's from Captain's Holiday. Oh, oh that's okay. right. From, yes, from, uh, Captain's Holiday. Right with Von Riza. My apologies. I fear I've yet to master the art of hoverball. So it would seem. My name is Joval. I'm employed here. Is there anything you require to make your stay a more pleasant one? 
You find me amusing. No. It's just that you are the fifth woman to ask me that question this morning. All I require is to sit in the sun, read my book, alone. And afterward? I really hadn't thought that far ahead. Then may I suggest a swim followed by a massage? Some other time, perhaps. I don't understand. You say you wish to be alone, yet you carry the Horgon. Well, I just purchased it. Why? Are you implying this has some special meaning? The Horgon is the Rysian symbol of sexuality. To own one is to call forth its powers. To display it is to announce you are seeking Jamaharon. Raika. Do you seek Jamaharon? I don't even know what it means. The Horgon is for a friend. I see. Someone close to you. That's right. Someone you love. I wouldn't go that far. Well, your attitude is most puzzling. I will leave you now to your book. That is all I ask. Yes. That's that's where uh, Patrick and, and Jennifer Hetrick met. And their, their, their long uh, relationship began. And then, and then ended. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, it's funny. I kept this holidays, you know, you know um, at the time was like people love that episode and it's not one that people talk about a lot anymore but it it's so much fun and he's so good in it and that was part of you know patrick wanting to lighten up and not always have to be the great you know the great man he wanted to play more you know have more fun and that's where captain's holiday came from and i mean it was a complete nightmare for ira bear who wrote it he he you know he he hates it because of course they needed the sci-fi plot and the fun stuff about that is is patrick on the planet and you know just seeing him have to deal with all this and the whole Indiana Jones thing. But then you have the aliens from the future. And um, anyway, um, their look was, is one of my favorites. They're just, they're so like silly, but, but in a way that still works. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because Vegas, again, because of the conventions is so associated with Star Trek, but also because of the, uh, the old um, Star Trek experience at the Hilton. Uh, which also attracted, I think, a lot of Star Trek fans to to Vegas. There were a lot of people who wanted to work there and who dressed up and you know would walk along that exhibit just to pretend that they were in Star Trek. I mean, it was like a Renaissance fair for Trek maniacs. <laughs> when my husband and I moved here from New York, we we snuck into the Hilton and uh, found like a door to that space. It's still there. Like right. you can oh, tell yeah. you can tell you're in a Cardassian cafeteria or something because they never did anything with it yeah no it's they like it's still a cafeteria as far as i know yeah Yeah. took took all the copyright stuff down (laughs) right exactly exactly but but elvis's suite is still uh up on the top floor and it's still fun to go see by the way uh i didn't even know about that oh yeah no it's great it's great so is willard white Willard White is not there. He's a. He's I know, but that's where they filmed Diamonds Are Forever. And Diamonds Are Forever. The James I Bond know. Movie. Okay. We know. Well. So Blo- <laughs> so Blofeld's not up there either. Okay. No, no one. Yeah. No one is so, anymore. So, so Hazel, tell us how if somebody you know somebody's heard you and and they're excited and they want to see you wearing all these incredible Star Trek costumes, um, how they can go about you know supporting the venture and 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 get the book. 
Well, you should go to boldlystripped.com. That'll take you to the Kickstarter, or you can look, you know, look it up on Kickstarter. It's called Boldly Stripped. We have 12 more days. And, um, you know, so get on there, make your pledge, tell all your, tell all your Trek fan friends. And we're cool. going to keep going with more stretch goals if we keep getting money. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> well, we wish you, we wish you a lot of luck with it. And, um, uh, we, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a, a unique Star Trek project and, uh, uh it's a lot more exciting than um, stellar cartography maps and all the usual Star Trek, <laughs> some, of the, some of these books. So, um, we're, we're really glad that's going well for you. And it was fun having you on the, uh, the show to talk about it. And, um, as you said, you're, you're going to be at the Star Trek convention in Vegas in August. So maybe by then, hopefully, maybe you will, oh, maybe right. You're being right. Oh, I'll be there. about it. Oh, okay. Good. Incognito. If you see a Gorn, perhaps <laughs> look more closely and you may be surprised who's behind the eyes. So anyway, but uh, cool. look, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Trexperts and, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in Vegas. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, there you go. That was fun. Well, it, it kind of, it kind of brings new meaning to stretch goals. But um, <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I thought Hazel was lovely, but you know, yeah, absolutely she's not a T TOS fan. So I have no use for her. No. <laughs> she's, <laughs> She's a TOS fan. She's just not as uh, uh, entrenched in the TOS world as she is TNG. I, I look, absolutely. And hopefully these shows are a gateway drug for her to rediscover how great That's the original completely show understandable is. Yeah, due no, to every, her. And everybody has, and I'm she, kidding. I, yeah. When she was, uh, when she was exposed to Star Trek, uh, a little switcheroo there, um, yeah. that, uh, you know, of course, you know, TNG would be her first, uh, her first taste of it. So. Lest I be accused of gatekeeping, I want to make very clear. I believe that everyone should is entitled to love what they love about Star Trek and have Absolutely. their favorite Star Trek. It just so happens that uh, it's no secret that Darren and I's favorite is is the original series um, because it inspired everything. And uh, you yeah, all and know in, you've been listening return, to this podcast for four years. Everyone can like what Star Trek they like. And in return, everyone can espouse their favorite Star Trek to others and try and bring them over into the, into the family. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's I, how you, know, you know why I was surprised? I got to be honest, you know, kidding aside, because I feel that the creativity of her campaign and what she's doing owed such a debt to uh, uh, Bill Tice and the sure. original series, you know, the, 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 the sexy, fun, um, uh, uh, aspect of the whole, you know, her whole undertaking to me had a very original series flavor to it, and and yeah. and 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 those were obviously the sexiest costumes as well, right? Uh, well, in because the it was the, it was the swinging sixties. It had a whole different sort of uh, you know public uh, uh, face to the whole Star Trek medium. You know, so. because especially you know, Star Trek becomes much more conservative. Uh, you know, not necessarily in its politics, but in terms of willing to take risks. I mean, sure. a lot of the people who worked on next generation, you know, they, they, they would make fun of the original Star Trek. They thought it was cheesy and pulpy and all this stuff. And so a lot of stuff in next generation was directly response to stuff they didn't want to do that. They didn't like from TOS. Um, but, you know, DS9 did some really cool stuff because again, I repair and all those guys loved the original Star Trek and wanted to pay homage to it. And I, I thought it was really funny when she said, Oh yeah, the first time I really was exposed to the original show was in Trials and Tribulations. 
Well, uh, but that's a great thing too, because that means yeah, that absolutely. You know, something about that uh, opened that uh, opened that horizon for her as well. And I, I'm, I was so amused by the fact that you mentioned because I, I wasn't sure if you were going to mention it. It was my place to say that uh, you know um, at Rob's bachelor party where we had the green rind slave girl and the and the, uh, and and the, the trill, trill that you were um, hands on in terms of uh, doing the makeup and prosthetics well, uh, and. In a professional manner, because of course, oh, absolutely, a professional Look, artist. If I remember, yeah. the, 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 those they ended up uh, staying through the whole. Oh yeah, party. they no, had such they, a good time. They were, and they because were, they were friends of uh, of one of the attendees, and it was uh, it was a, a great situation. There was well, no look, there was no sleaziness to it. It was just fun. Our whole group of friends are all very respectful and very nice Absolute people, and loop. and you know, so there was nothing. Um, Untoward. That would make anyone feel uncomfortable, yeah. other than Dan Schweiger, who ran out uh, screaming uh, and, and and that he couldn't handle it. Um, but uh, you know, so look, that I will say that you know maybe this isn't my place to say that uh, our friend Rod Roddenberry was in attendance, and I I did I did the Roddenberry voice, oh. and I said you know during during one of the dance presentations, I said you know in the future. Uh, 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 sensuality can be expressed in many wondrous and different ways. And Rod said, oh, my God, my dad would have loved this party. So, Oh, my God. You know, it's so funny you say that because, look, I totally forgot that story. And I'm so glad you said that's what's so wonderful about the podcast. But it doesn't just bring up these great memories, your great stories for the audience. But like now it's it, it, i remember that like it was yesterday i forgot why rod was at the party yeah um uh, but he was there and you did brought one of the most memorable times you brought out the roddenberry voice because that he was, jumped he jumped he, yeah and, and, and at the sound of his his father's voice um <laughs> and 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 you know i'm probably gonna get an angry uh email from perhaps you but you know he's what? actually he owns it he he says He's, he's very defensive about, you know, he gets, he, he would not such have a problem a, with that. He's such a great guy. I hope, I hope such a great guy. that he can have some time to join us here on the podcast. Cause he's a lot. We of have fun. to have him on the podcast. And he has a lot of great uh, insights. Too. I, I love Rod. He's such a good person. He's such a great, um, uh, uh, uh keeper of the legacy. Yeah. Um, and, 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 um, and, you know, he, he was always so great about, um, saying, you know, I didn't understand the appeals for a long time. And, you know, he made an effort to try and understand what it was that people responded to in Star Trek. And, and you know, he always said, look, I was into what I was into. I was into like, you know, heavy metal and Knight Rider or Dukes sure. of Hazard, And, you know, it was only later that I discovered, you know, how special the show is and why people loved it. Um, and, and how many just Dukes of Hazzard podcasts guy. are there now? Not many, not that I'm aware of. So, um, but but this was this fun as always, and um, I have to say, uh, we have some really spectacular shows coming up this month. Uh, we have a uh, uh, casting director uh, Joe D'Augusta joining us from the original series to talk about casting uh, Star Trek, uh, and then there's a real treat after that as well. Um, I'm not even going to tease it. I'm gonna, just going to say, keep it a surprise because it's. We it's found fun. some really interesting. Guests. Every time we we think that we're uh, we've exhausted uh, the supply of great guests, we find some more uh, really great people, and there's some some great people coming. And then of course, um, we'll be at the uh, in Las Vegas in August. Uh, 
be doing a terrific panel um, on in Glorious Trexperts Live on February 13th. Uh, but we'll be there all weekend, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to meeting all of you and and uh, swapping uh, stories. And um, it'll be fun. Sounds like fun. It does. It does. It does indeed. So, uh, Darren, this was a pleasure as always. Uh, Absolutely. Good to see you. And uh, I want to thank uh, Bill Ritter and Mark Rivera, our sound engineers, uh, Natalie Miscali, our producer, of course, our associate producers, Zach Raggetts and Peter Holmstrom, who've been so helpful throughout this pandemic and our Zoom shows, taking care of all that minutia, like, you know, uh, releases, like legal releases and clearances and all that fun stuff. And uh, of course, Dylan Middlebrook, our, our video editor. And um, uh, I want to also encourage you to download the Electric Now app where you can watch the show live, uh, not live, but on video, video podcasts, um, recorded. Um, and it also streams on stir TV, distro TV, and now on IMDB uh, TV and, um, Roku. So a uh, Roku, 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 Roku. Okay. So, uh, there you go. And, uh, uh, listen to our other sister podcast, of course, Trexpert's briefing room, where we curate significant episodes of, um, Star Trek with uh, writers, producers, actors, and super fans. Uh, and you can also um, uh, check out the Cartoon Ballroom. Ballroom. The Cartoon That's Ballroom. Like with uh, Ashley ballroom. Uh, Miller and Steve uh, Scarlatta. Steve Melching uh, is in the Cartoon Ballroom. Steve Scarlatta <laughs> Steve is Melching. in Movies Never Made. That's right. Best Movies Never Made <laughs> with Josh Miller and Steven Scarlatta. Uh, all excellent podcasts. And of course, the 430 movie featuring Darren, myself, and Ashley and Steve Melching. So check those out. Uh, and of course, please rate us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps bring new people to the show, unless you're upset about politics, in which case you can rate us one star. And uh, that'll be that. And it'll be, it'll be done. There's nothing we can do about it. And uh, <laughs> anyway, oh, we want to thank you as always for joining us here at Inglorious Trexperts. And uh, until next Friday, when we return with an all-new episode, keep on trekking, and gloriously, of course. All my prayers are for you. Good night, sweetheart. I'll be watching all you. Tears and parting may make us forlorn. But with the This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.